0: mm yeah. We had 25 students in that that big band that you just heard, and it gives us a chance to learn a lot about the history of the music, uh, a lot about improvisation, and a lot about instrumentation and, and blending and playing together and creating colors that we don't get to create in any other kind of group.
1: They're playing a piece called Sphinx's Lair right now.
0: The clip you're about to listen to is the first minute or so of the track, and it's the first full presentation of the melody and form that students are gonna to get to solo over in a moment. And what's exciting to listen to is the interaction of the rhythm section with the melody. The rhythm section for us is our guitar, piano, bass, and drums, and we've also added vibes, a violin and a viola as well. And what you can hear is they're starting from uh, a mezzo forte, moderate groove, to building and and filling in all of these gaps between the melody to create this really energetic and, and fun presentation of the piece.
1: Eric, I'm sure it's true with your young jazz players, just like the older ones, rehearsal is frequently uh, its own reward. You get to play with your friends, work on music, and uh, you get a great feeling, but I bet that's changed.
0: Yes, COVID-19 has certainly changed the way we run a rehearsal. I'm sure the students are thinking it's nice just not to play jazz at 7.15 in the morning anymore, which is when our two big bands rehearse at South, uh, but obviously we're not together and making music together is the reason that a lot of these students uh, signed up to wake up so early. Uh, the chance to collaborate, the chance to start their day off with energy and with engagement that is fun and that is meaningful to them um, has has been not lost, but has certainly been changed with us all going online to distance learning. How do you do it? The way that we are now rehearsing these pieces is uh, we assign uh, a chunk of the piece and I create what is called a click track, which is just a recording of a metronome and my voice that uh, will outline the form. So I'll share where the large rehearsal marks are, I'll share where repeats are, and they'll record their part using this click track to make sure that we're all keeping the same tempo. Then they submit those tracks to me and I will mix those in um, an audio engineering software and will do my best. That's kind of the new role of the conductor these days, it seems, is to be an audio engineer for their students. And uh, well, I'll mix these and about three or four days later, I'll send the take back to them. And instead of this immediate response of when they play in class and get to hear how their sound fits in, they now have to wait several days to hear how their sound fit into the recording. And so it is certainly a different experience. I think one of the sad parts about trying to create music individually is that the energy and the emotion of the piece is really hard to feel when you're on your own and just hearing one line of the piece. Listening to one person's part is significantly different than listening to the entire group.
1: So the students are all recording their parts individually. How do you get them or how do you create that feeling that they're part of a group?
0: I think the most important way to engage that group feeling is to make sure that you're picking a piece that the students really stand behind and value. And so this piece by Duke Ellington, Emancipation Celebration, was a piece of great importance to us as a group that we had spent a lot of time learning about its context in history and about its purpose. In many ways, this piece is social justice oriented. And it tells the story of the African American uh, early experience in America coming to America through slavery and then earning freedom through emancipation. And so the movement we played was uh, obviously one of the more joyful movements, but even in Emancipation Celebration, you can hear a lot of the complexities of what emancipation truly meant to slaves at the time and what the historic significance of of that uh, act really, really meant. ¶¶
1: Jazz education as part of distance learning is obviously working. The band sounds good.
0: What does this mean for the future? The work that students have been doing this last month as a part of distance learning I think has really uh, grown independence in their musicianship and has taught them to rely more on their music reading skills and on their practice abilities than just the sheer joy of learning their part in rehearsal. I'm sure my students would be proud to tell you how much they all practice, but this is really thrust upon them responsibility to learn their part on their own and to spend time on their own. The future uh, lesson that might be learned and hopefully carried into the future is the importance of independence, the importance of individual work, and what that can really add to an ensemble uh, when you bring that back to the space. I also think that there has been a lot of learning that has happened on the educator's side of what technology exists, what resources are out there for students on the internet and in programs and applications on their phones and computers. And again, I think while some of these will never replace the ensemble experience, I think many of these are great tools that can be used as supplemental materials, that can be used as work that students do individually, and that can really enhance our ensemble experience.
1: Jazz educator, Eric Sayer of Minneapolis South High School. This program is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Phil Nussbaum speaking.